This is Blake the Catmill, and you're listening to the Northside Story Podcast. It is Tuesday, November 22nd. God, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. This is Blake the Cat Miller, hashtag Claza. I'm in my tiniest apartment here in Mission Viejo. I'm joined by Jake. Jake, how are you? Doing well. Nice, uh, com- comfortable win this week. <sighs> this is the intro, dude. God, you're, you're rattled right from the beginning. Okay, wait, I want to ask the question, though. So Thanksgiving's coming up. It's going to be this Thursday. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of Thanksgiving is remembering... Uh, the things you're thankful for. So we're already 11 weeks in mm-hmm. and looking at your team, looking at your situation, what are you thankful for with your fantasy team oh, this year? It's got to be something. Um, I got a good one. I am thankful for uh, drafting this player in the, let me just double check this player in the ninth round uh, sticking out with him, uh, with his PEDs, and uh, getting DeAndre Hopkins. I'm thankful for DeAndre Hopkins winning me on a Monday night this week. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to say I'm thankful for Devonta Adams. Um, now, no duh, he's like one of the best wide receivers. But I remember come draft day, I was very upset that I landed on him. My whole strategy was to go yeah, double RB, running RB. backs, yeah. RBRB, and I, it missed and leaving the draft i was very like oh my god i did not want i didn't want him on a new team i didn't like the raiders but well um i'll definitely touch about touch on it when we go over our matchup and just what he's been doing for me the last couple weeks but i'm just thankful i'm thankful that a draft strategy that, that i had coming in this year um that even though it didn't go the way that i wanted to that i ended up with just Devonte Adams and the talent of him. So, mm. yeah. So that's that's kind of the prelude of what we're going to be going over. We're going to be going over a lot of obviously thankful bounces that you had against my team this week, and there's some other kind of juicy matchups that we're going to dive into as we wrap up week eleven. Week eleven. Oh my god. Thankful bounces or thankful wins? Which one? thankful weather we'll say that thankful weather there's been a lot of there's a lot of players that were either uh that benefited from location change because of the weather and there's a lot of stupid ass fucking kickers that did not benefit from the weather in their games but we'll dive all into all into the matchups right now let's do it oh no graham gano all right let's dive into the matchups Jake, well, I'll give you the pick. Who do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's do let's do House Chargarian against the Notorious. Um, this is a matchup that I feel like we have just shit on Trey's team time and time again, and we have talked up Steph's team time and time again. And that there's a reason why Steph doesn't want us to pick her squad, um, because I feel like every time we talk them up. You know, they just kind of they they fall to the wayside that week. Um, Steph loses this week. She put up ninety four. She loses to the notorious one twenty two ninety four. Trey's going to five and six. Steph six and five. Looking at Steph's lineup here, I I don't was Kenyon Drake originally in that slot. I thought no, Jamal she, Williams was there. She swapped that out. So I texted her uh, on Sunday. Um, and I, I have been trying to get Jamal Williams off of Steph's team for, I feel like months uh, since I got Deandre Swift only because I've been trying to at least get the guy that gets the touchdowns. Um, and so I texted her, if you're not going to use Jamal Williams, let me know, because this guy is a, is a touchdown monster. Um, and luckily for her, it wouldn't have made a difference. Um, if she did start Jamal Williams, but that is someone you need to start in week in and week out. Yeah, I was very, uh, I wasn't very high on him, and you kind of correct me, slapped me back in place. And Jamal Williams, number one, number one rushing touchdown yeah, in the league right now. Touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, uh, they give him the ball. They trust him. That offense. I mean, that Lions offense. It really against 
bad. And it's weird to say, obviously, a 7-2 to team going into this week is a bad team. But against bad teams, this, this Lions offense is going to cook. They're going to score. There's going to be opportunities. Jamal Williams, uh, DeAndre Swift also had a touchdown, but still really wasn't that much involved. But mm-hmm. Jamal Williams is the real deal. And, yeah, you have to set him in this. You have to set him in this lineup. When you're rolling out Kenyon Drake or Antonio Gibson, and those are your you have to pick between those three, you would think Jamal Williams would have been the easier one. I would have been more inclined to roll with him than Kenyon Drake, as we talked about in this in Sam's matchup with Gus Bus coming back. That was just kind of a wonky backfield. And that was a horrible game, that Carolina Baltimore mm-hmm. game as a whole. Yeah, but, I hold on. Did did Gus Edwards even play? I believe he started. I don't. I'm not sure if he did or not. Let's look at Sam's team really quick. We're doing this on the fly. No, Gus well, Edwards did not play. So, um, look, this is what we talked about with Steph, though. She has so many players to where these are going to be decisions that she's going to have to make in the playoffs. And including next week, I was looking. I, I faced her this week, and she has all these players that she has to sit some. And so – Time and time again, we've said it. She needs to make deals for to try to upgrade certain pieces. Yeah, sure, you might lose a certain player to another team. But if you can upgrade in a spot, you have to do it. Yeah, and at this point of the season, Steph, if you're listening, just make well, a deal with is. the team. She is. Make a deal with the team that you're not playing against for the rest of the year. Because mm-hmm. it, it does stink when you trade, uh, make a trade and then you have to play them say at the end of the year or maybe first round of the playoffs i guess you can't really control the playoffs because every team's tight but if you're worried about like you getting ripped off in a trade just trade with someone you don't play for the next three weeks coming up mm-hmm. um you do mm-hmm. need to make a move mike williams is now going to be out and i feel like this may have been a situation where they kind of rushed him back or maybe it was just a rolled mm-hmm. little ankle but yeah you want to touch on that well no i he re-aggravated it and i don't think i think he's going to be out this upcoming week uh, but I don't think it's going to be one of those like another four week things. I think it's going to be a one week um, injury, perhaps two weeks. Uh, and I don't think they rushed him back. He he was looking good in warmups. He just like you said, it was a roll up of the ankle and just happened to re-aggravate it. Kind of just unlucky. He made a hell of a catch um, um, when he got hurt, uh, but he just got rolled up underneath a little bit. So unlucky with him. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson, we talked about it. Car- that Carolina Baltimore game was a little fishy. Mm-hmm. Lamar really hasn't been that great mm-hmm. um, in these past couple weeks. Kind of came down, but this guy, yeah, well, sorry, ahead. really quick. From week four to week eleven, he's only had over twenty points once, which is not Lamar Jackson. No, it's not. I mean, when you're looking at 22, 22 projection, you almost think with Lamar Jackson, that's just a couple breakouts. He just really hasn't been running that much. That mm-hmm. offense has been kind of stagnant. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Andrews has been in and out of the lineup, but mm-hmm. they got the win there. So at least you're happy. At least you're, at least they're still staying competitive. And 15 points. Uh, there's a lot of teams that I mean, I we'll go to Sam's team. Talk about her stinker with Kirk Cousins as their starting quarterback. <laughs> but Jonathan Taylor hit projections. That was a good game out in Philadelphia. Uh, Juwan Johnson. Uh, that's three yeah, straight. Called it three straight. Three straight games with the touchdown. I think you just keep riding them. Uh, that Saints. That Saints offense, for some reason, is cooking. And we did talk about it in, I believe, our matchup with Brian Robinson. But uh, start any Houston running back against uh, – start any running back against Houston. One of them is going to touch the end zone. Let's go over the notorious team with the kind of big blowout game. We always talk about with them. We start with them with the big three, Josh Allen, Austin Echo, Josh Jacobs. I think this was the week where I kind of called into question, Josh Jacobs, is he for real? Kind of answer that. 17 points wasn't mm-hmm. the blowout 30-point win. Uh, 30 point output that he usually that he's been doing earlier in the year but still i'm happy with uh if i'm if i'm trey i'm happy with josh jacobs uh mm-hmm. his involvement josh allen a little bit of a disappointment i don't really watch that game uh, yeah that was a weird game um i mean he only had one throwing touchdown i'm trying to think i know Devin singletary had one i'm trying to think who else had the touchdowns there um oh tyler bass that's right tyler bass literally had like five yeah. field goals one two yeah. three four five he had six field goals so two touchdowns only for the bills but six field goals which is crazy um so yeah he didn't really do much um just got the ball in the on the other side of the field and that's essentially it but you know if you're trey and you're looking at your t- and his team and you're like i got only got 12 points from josh allen 
and I won and I put up 122 because of one specific player, I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, uh, that one specific player was Tony Pollard. The, not the output, not the uh, what I was expecting is going to be happening out of Tony Pollard. I did, I did uh, think that was a good spot to put him in the flex, mm-hmm. uh, judging by his buy a get in. I didn't think any of the other options were necessary. Keenan Allen leaving him on the bench over Allen Lazard. I guess if uh, you almost look at the flip flop, you look at how Garner and her rolling out Mike Williams. I guess it's kind of the same fear, maybe. Uh, Notorious had about Keenan Allen getting ramped up and how available he was going to be for that game. So it's probably a little bit of fear in that and seeing. Uh, so the Green only Bay. thing I will, I will touch on that is that Green Bay, Tennessee played on Thursday night. Yeah. So you kind of, and Keenan was kind of questionable going up to that. So it was basically once Lazard got locked in, um, it was either between Devonta Smith and Keenan Allen. Oh, yes. Duh. I forgot that was the Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Tony Pollard, uh, that was the big, big boom on his lineup this week. I, I, Phil always talks about it behind that Dallas backfield. Just give Tony Pollard the rock. But this was a game where they just uh, – Dallas's defense uh, really took over the game. It seems like every time they hiked the ball, Dallas's defense was literally in Kirk Cousins' face. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get anything going offensively once they got that early lead. They uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard just were huge beneficiaries and just steamrolled Minnesota. So good decision. Um, he's been holding Tony Pollard on his bench all year. This seems like he had the perfect week to start him. It'll be interesting next week once he gets uh, uh, some players back and he can kind of, now that Keenan Allen's back in the mix, where if Tony Pollard even scratched the lineup, I don't, I don't, I it's going to be interesting. I think you have to play him. I, I think, think you, you have, have to, to play him from now on. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other kind of news and noteworthy with Notorious is Kyle Pitts. His injury, he's going to be out. I think he's going to be out probably the, the next, next four of, weeks. Yeah. Rest so probably the whole, regular season. Yeah, um, very disappointing year for Kyle Pitts. I, it's just a bummer. I was high in him at the beginning of the year. I kept believing in him. He had, I think, one week where he went over um, 12 points. He had that. I think he had a touchdown and once, and just a big bummer. But he is stashing Gerald Everett on the bench right now. Um, he's got no one on the IR, so he has some reinforcements here to come. But all in all, just as you mentioned, Josh Allen had 12 points, but he still had 122. So that's a huge win for him. Mm-hmm. That puts uh, the Notorious in fifth place. House Chargarian with a loss, six and five, but she's in second place. Yeah, I, I will just say, I know you're going to end it right there, but I, this, I'm this i looking at Trey's team now, and I, I feel like I say this about every team, but there are some <laughs> players on this team that if – let's say, for instance, if Tony P can consistently chug out 15, 20 points a week – this is going to be a hard team to beat in the playoffs because if Keenan stays healthy and we know Keenan can at least be a touchdown kind of 87 catches, 80 yards, touchdown type of fantasy player, and if Chris Godwin can get anything as far as touchdowns, you put those two in the wide receivers, you would have a Josh Allen, Eckler, Josh Jacobs has just been awesome this year. Those two wide receiver, does have a hole at tight end, and then Tony P, this is a sneaky team, and and – we, we we looked at the standings and we kind of look at points for, points against. Trey is very much alive when it comes to points for and being up there. And he has the most points against. So I think he's been a little unlucky this year. I think this is a team to watch out for in the playoffs. Thank goodness there's only six teams that make the playoffs because it seems like, like you said, everyone's in the mix. There's a lot of teams that I feel like that have a good, good chance at winning this. And we're going to go through every single matchup, and I feel like we're all going to have our little hand on which teams uh, we're scared of and which teams we're hoping that misses the playoffs. But, yeah, as you mentioned, Notorious, points four. He's got the team. He's got the pieces. But uh, right now he's just holding on to that one of the last few playoff spots. We'll see if he holds it throughout the uh, throughout the end of the season. Next matchup, Fischl Boys gets the L116 over QB Sneaks, 126. Both teams are five and six. It's crazy that uh, QB Sneaks is – I feel like he's been 10th place all year, but he's in ninth place, but he's tied with Brian, who's been at times flying high. But this week is – this week's going on a little bit of a stretch. But even though he got the loss, Jake, I'm going to give the floor to you. Can you apologize to Travis Kelsey? Yeah, I mean, I, I will apologize to him. Um, I also want to just shout out to the fraud Brandon Staley is as a defensive coach. 
Um, he is officially on my fire list this offseason. Doesn't I love matter. A good hot seat. Doesn't matter what the Chargers do the rest of the way. Even if they make the playoffs, I still think he should be fired. Guy came in as a great defensive mind. Decided to have. Uh, I like Asante Samuel, who is like about five eight, five nine. Uh, decided to have him on Travis Kelsey most of the game. And yeah, I did not like that, Jake. You were talking about Derwin James, and I was watching the game. I, look, and I, I have watched Derwin James play Travis Kelsey. If you look at the the last five, six times they've played, Travis Kelsey does not do good against the Chargers. And somehow, and I will say this: Andy Reid is a great head coach, one of the best in football. He out coaches Staley every time they play. And watching, and I was at the game. Uh, albeit I don't remember too much of it, but I do remember the last play of the game, and that was the only time Travis Kelsey beat Derwin. He only had one catch on against Derwin on like three targets, but he had like what do you how many catches did he have? He only had like six, didn't he? Uh yeah, yeah he had six catches. And f- uh four of those were on a Santi Samuel who's a very short corner. So I have no idea why um Asante Samuel is on him. Also, Kenneth Murray, their linebacker, who is not a good coverage linebacker, was on him for a 40-yard play. So it was frustrating to watch because the Chiefs legitimately have one weapon. They have some good players, but they have one legit weapon. And it's crazy how it's like the Rams and Cooper Cup. You're like, why is Cooper Cup always wide open? They have nobody else really around him, but good offensive minds um, are able to coach. So Sean McVay... Uh, you have Andy Reid. You have those type of guys that put these offenses in, and they they definitely make sure that their best player gets those points. So Travis Kelsey went off, and the Chiefs went off in general. Mahomes had a, had a very good game. Um, so I will apologize to Travis Kelsey. I'm glad the Chargers don't have to play the Chiefs again until next year. Those games are always fun, and they're always really close. Shout out Baki's bets, LA Chargers plus five and a half. Um, but... This is there. There's a theme here with Brian. And if you've known our league, Brian gets shafted. I feel like every Monday night football game. I have seen this for years. I have played him multiple times where my team has come back from the dead and won on Monday night. Um, I believe earlier this year, uh, CD lamb uh, came back and I beat Brian. Um, This game, I thought this matchup was over. I, th- I believe Brian was up 45 to 50 points going into Monday night. Um, and then a Shane dropped 40, 52. Yeah, 52 points on Brian. He was up 42 points going into Monday night. And there was a stretch in this Arizona-San Francisco game that every touchdown that was scored happened to be a player on a Shane's team. James Conner had a rushing touchdown. Uh, Debo Samuel had a touchdown. And George Kittle had one, and then he had the backbreaker that uh, pushed Shane all the way up and up by 10. And George Kittle scored a like 35, 40 yard touchdown. Where the, if I was Brian, I'd be, I'd be sending a, a letter to whatever Arizona Cardinals cornerback that decided not to try to tackle George Kittle out of bounds and just let him go free into the end zone because that uh, essentially won Shane the matchup. So very, very tough um, week for Brian. And I touched on this the last couple of weeks. This is a team where I feel like I can see miss the playoffs. And and a Mahomes Kelsey missing the playoffs, that's that's good for everybody else that's making the playoffs. The only questions that I remember when we went over this matchup for Brian's team was the question, can we throw George Pickens in there? Uh mm-hmm. we could have thrown George Pickens in there. I don't it wouldn't have made No, that would have been an even worse heartbreak for Brian. Yeah, that would have been a because we were talking Damn. about Pickens for Campbell. Uh, we both liked Darnell Mooney, and Darnell, I think Darnell scored a touchdown. He also had a wide-open, like, 30-, 40-yard touchdown, and uh, Justin yeah. Fields missed him. But, he overthrew him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, Miles Sanders. I mean. Miles Sanders. I mean. <laughs> I mean. Well, we don't need to say anything more. Damian Pierce, bummer game, uh, 2.7. He seemed like the type of guy that – Throughout the year, even in bad matchups, they're still going to give them the rock. They're still going to push through. But as the season's been winding down, 
I think just the uh, as a rookie, maybe the books out, books getting out on him. He just doesn't that, get any touchdowns, and I feel bad yeah. for the guy. But he just does yeah. not score. That that team is so bad offensively; they just do not score the ball. Yeah, I mean, but still, I, when you're when you have a stat line of ten carries, eight yards, mm-hmm. and two catches, I mean, there's just a matter about touchdowns as as a whole. And it looks like just if you look at. Uh, mm, I guess week nine against uh, Philly, he had 27 carries, but 17 carries against the Giants. Week 10, 10 carries this past week, and those are two games that they were they were down and they were down quickly. That's just going to happen um, on bad teams, and that's why it's always kind of worrisome having running backs on bad teams because the game script can just switch the drop of a hat. Uh, Praise Campbell, that's kind of a slow offensive game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was real. Uh, was the real winner in terms of a fantasy weapon for the Colts last week. Paris Campbell, still 9.2 is respectable. You'll take that. Yeah, and you mentioned Miles Sanders, 5.3. Every every week, it's it's higher low for him. Uh, anything else you want to touch on, Brian's team, before, before we go to QB Sinks? Uh, no. Let's head over to Shane's team. QB Sneaks. Justin Jefferson, 4.8 points. Uh, what was the Dallas quote for me last, last week? It was... I, I think Davon or Trayvon Diggs is trash. Well, to be fair, one. to be fair, Dallas's defense was all over Kirk the entire mm-hmm. time. They were in his, they were in the backfield. Um, they couldn't stop the edge rush. They couldn't stop it up the middle. I I don't I don't think that it, that was a product of Diggs in any aspect. Mm-hmm. I just think it was just a it was a game where Dallas just just dominated them. It was it almost reminded me of the the chiefs bucks super bowl where it was just every mm-hmm. time they hiked the ball mahomes was was just running to the mm-hmm. side and it was just falling all over the place just a, a wonky game it, it this kind of hampers my minnesota Vikings super bowl uh, i was gonna ask you that but i felt like we could wait till uh your underdog pick of the week and talk about it then tune in tune in next time for that <laughs> um but this is I where it's cool for uh, a Shane's team is that we've always had question marks about George Kittle, and this is the week where he kind of woke up and kind of saved Justin Jefferson in his down week. Uh, he needed every every minute, every point of George Kittle's output to carry him over this victory. I mean, Niners Niners are the best team in that division. They're starting to now like really find a groove with Christian McCaffrey and the running game being solidified. George Kittle. I mean, I want to look at his weeks here. He's just, it seems like he's been on a little bit of a heater besides last week's stinker against the Rams because, or against the Chargers, they just ran all over the Chargers. So it makes sense. But in more of a passing oriented offense, uh, he's been involved. He's had touchdowns now, four touchdowns over the last four games. Obviously, we had two this past week against Arizona, but he's starting to cook up Debo with his rushing touchdown. It doesn't matter if he's in the backfield or if he's out wide. You know uh, San Francisco's offense is going to funnel through him at some point. It's just automatic. Mm-hmm. I did call it. I was happy about the David Montgomery game. Uh, not the greatest of outputs. It was a little it's a little dicey, but they did run the ball with him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, uh, Justin Fields is hurt. A little bit of a shoulder injury on his uh, non-throwing uh, arm. So if he's healthy and he's rolling it out, I bet you they're not going to be rolling him out as much anymore. Try to rely on David Montgomery, who's been more of a workhorse for them over the past couple of years. Jalen Hurts put up his projections. Young Hoku still a beast. TJ Moore shouldn't be on and like on any fantasy roster at this point. Yeah, once and we kind of touched. I don't get the Corderell. I mean, I, I guess Corderell did have a, a. It was a what a special teams touchdown, and so that did count at six. Um, they counted that. Yeah, you get if really? if, it, if, it, if it's the if it's a specific player that returns the touchdown, you'd get the points. Mm. So it's not only for, trust me, in my other league, I, I got, if it's a miscellaneous touchdown. Oh, I see a miscellaneous touchdown. Huh. I didn't know that. Another, another thing I knew, I didn't know about this league. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, the, I guess that was the big question mark. I think, I think we flirted a little with Deontay Johnson saying that he should be maybe in that spot instead of DJ Moore. Latavius Murray, I would new starting I, running back. No, no. Yeah, no more Melvin. Melvin's gone. They have nobody yeah. else back there. Chase Edmonds out for four weeks. It's the Latavius show. 
okay, so let's pretend. I mean, it, no, it's not even pretend. I don't even want to entertain that question. I am Latavius Murray is a guy I would not want on my bench because I would hate seeing weeks like this where he puts up 15 and you are going into next week having the itch to start him. It's just mm-hmm. nothing's good about that. I don't want that on my team. Good that he had the 15. I don't even want to entertain it. But uh, hopefully Patterson next week, if he rolls out the same lineup, if there's no buys, I think Patterson here, um, I think he may have something cooking. I think he uh, he has one of those teams too. James Conner, I, I swear it's just matchup dependent with him. But if Patterson can kind of get in there and um, be that weapon that we know that he is, either in the kick return game, because obviously he gets points there, I had no idea. But he's hell of a lot better than James Conner. But it's just for him, if he can get output similar to what George Kittle's put up in his last four weeks, Shane's in another team that's it's kind of getting hot and he's scrapping his way out of last place. It's a team that I wouldn't want to play against in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm not fully on the Shane uh, train uh, for the playoffs. I think he does miss out. Uh, I mean, this is just basically not even looking into matchups weekly, but I do think if Justin Fields is hurt, I think this hurts David Montgomery's output. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they'll stack the box a little bit more. I don't even know who their backup is. Is it Nick? It's not Nick Foles. He's not no, there anymore. it's uh, E-H-E-R. That's how you spell his last name. E-H-E-R. Yeah. I, I honestly have no idea who this is. I'm not actually going to look this up. We're doing this live. No, I spelled it wrong. Yeah, I don't, I've never heard of... Um, Let me do it. Let me do my investigation research. Oh, I, I know. I'm looking at it right now. E-H, who did you even? No, you're talking about the running back backup. I'm talking about Justin Fields' backup. Trevor oh. Simeon is the backup for yes. the Bears. So Please. if Trevor Simeon is the oh, quarterback, Ebner. they are That's for sure. Name. Yeah, Ebner. Um, they are for sure going to stack that box and make Trevor Simeon try to beat them. They do not have a good defense. So if they're playing a good team, they're gonna catch. They're gonna be trying to play catch up. I don't know. I I, I think that is a big question mark. Um, we talked about DJ Moore. Justin Jefferson is still the best player on his team. Uh, Jalen Hurts is still very good, of course. But I do think that Niners offense they are incredible. I think it's the 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 Eagles and the Niners, the two teams in the NFC, um, as well as the Cowboys. And I'm not going to put the Vikings into that discussion either. But I do think there are so many weapons for the Niners where some weeks that's going to take away for, from a Debo, from a George Kittle. So I, I'm a little I'm a little apprehensive um, with the Shane's team. But, I mean, it's still still a good team. I mean, I feel like everybody's team, uh, perhaps a couple, have a really good shot at the playoffs. I just think a Shane's just going to miss out. Yeah, I think just those losses early in the season may be coming back to bite them. But this week it doesn't matter. Uh, both teams are now five and six. Shane at ninth, and Fisher Boys at six. All right, Kenneth White Walker, one hundred and six point five versus Team Mercier, seventy one point four. Not a great output for Phillips's team this week, um, and there's definitely some question marks going forward regarding a couple um, players on his team. However, let's start over on Sam's team. Um, are we gonna officially? Are we officially calling it for Sam this year? I, I am gonna call it. I you're gonna declare. I do. Declare. I do declare. Team RCA will not make the playoffs. Dead and D E A D. Dead. Um, hopefully, you're playing her next week. I I feel like you just played her, so maybe it, that won't happen. No, but yeah, stuff. I um. I, I think Jamar – I think what her team needed, um, especially in this stretch as she's going through right now, which is some of the – how banked up she was this week and last week, she needed a player like Jamar Chase just to get in and just steal her weeks, steal her these big outputs. and One not player force- stole a week for her a couple of weeks ago in Joe Mixon. Yeah, and that's that was the only reason why she won. She barely mm-hmm. won that matchup just mm-hmm. because of Joe Mixon. She needed, she needs, she needed something. She and she didn't get it. When you're rolling out Rondell Moore minus poor Rondell, Ron, Rondell Moore. He got hurt, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He it, it was yeah. literally the first play of the game. He had an end around for minus six yards, and then that was it. And then he's out with a growing injury the rest of the game. I just think. Um, 
that's indicative to Sam's season this year, just <laughs> going backwards. Yep. And she is just sliding down to 10th place. So she Her currently cousin, has, really quick, she currently has three players on her roster now that are going to be free agents. Not just in fantasy football, but in general. Melvin Gordon, Odell, and Darrell Henderson Jr. Mm-hmm. I just, there's nothing, I mean, the, I mean, this week, I she had 70 points. There's literally nothing. The only positive thing I can say about her team is great start um, out of the commander's defense going against I, Houston. I, and I personally remember talking about this matchup and being really excited. I thought Chase Young was coming back. I was huge on the commanders this week. Um, just and when it came to betting, when it came to in general, um, their defense is is their defensive line has always been really good the last few years. It's always been their corners that have been bad, and the Houston Texans can't throw the ball. So, um, yeah, huge, huge output with they. <laughs> she combined for thirty points with her defense and her kicker, and that was almost half of the output that she that she got this week. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, eleven points. Uh, Someone they they scored thirty one points. I know they rushed the ball. They uh they had what four total touchdowns on the ground. Someone had to be mm-hmm. beneficiary through the air. Jared Goff didn't throw the ball at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, bombed about TJ, but any you didn't want anyone on that Vikings offense uh this week mm-hmm. going going up against Dallas. Just what a horrible, horrible, horrible output from the Vikings, my Super Bowl champions. But I, I there's nothing else to really talk about. I guess Damian Harris on the bench. She could start him next week. Uh, him being back, he looked really, he looked really, really good in that game. He had some really strong runs there. He's not going to get phased out. Kind of reminds me of uh, Patriot running backs in the past, where as as much as we want to see Ramondre Stevenson kind of get the bell cow because of how versatile he is, Damian Harris is still good. He's still going to get in there, and they're going to battle it out. And that's just going to be a good running team because their quarterback situation. Mac is Jones is trash. Absolute, Absolute awful. trash. Awful. And Bailey Zap. It's time. Zappy. Zappy. It's zappy time. Zappy zone. Uh, Cam White Walker, 106. I think back to back kind of down weeks. I mm-hmm. think we were both I think we were both expecting this to be a blowout, and we were right in in a sense, but still 106. Uh bulk of his points come off uh, we could say four four individuals. Justin Fields, 22 points, had a good game against Atlanta. I think we we're both excited. We thought it was gonna be a high scoring game. But Justin Fields, as we mentioned in the last matchup, uh, banged up shoulder, mm-hmm. so Big it's going to be mark with him. yeah, huge question mark going into next week. Um, if he's healthy, now I'll pose you the question: You're a Justin Fields owner. He goes limited. Lim- or he goes. Let's say he goes rest. He doesn't practice. Mm-hmm. Doesn't practice limited, not unlimited, or whatever Russell Wilson's thing is. But he's limited. And let's say he goes into the week questionable. Do you? I guess he has Dak on the bench. I mean, is you are you rolling Dak out next week? Yeah. So let me talk about s- this a little bit. I traded with Phillips before the injury, and got the short end of the stick again. I feel like I could have gotten probably. I mean, Zeke did have two touchdowns. He had a really good game last week. I probably could have gotten if I knew that you know Phillips was looking for another quarterback with Fields getting hurt. Now there have been reports that Fields can miss a week. Maybe he can play, or maybe he's out the entire year. Very, there's a lot of like kind of there's not a lot of clearness when it comes to this injury separated shoulder dislocated shoulder it's all over the place um but what you just talked about is very interesting because Dak actually plays Thursday night it's Thanksgiving um so he's going to have to make this decision Thursday um and I, I think I just did see that you dropped Danny Dimes um who plays Thursday as well. So yep. this is going to be interesting for Phillips. If I were Phillips and Phillips got lucky, in my opinion, I, I put Dak in the starting lineup and I just ride him out and let uh, Fields uh, take a rest on the bench this week. Yeah, I was just, it was kind of the situation that was pressed in two weeks ago. Two, no, yeah, two weeks ago with me picking up Trevor Lawrence and uh, with Kyler questionable going into the game. As much as I would, I'd much rather play Kyler. He's a more, Explosive, explosive guy. He can kind of hit upper ceilings with his running game and rushing it in. Just I wanted to play it safe. I knew that uh, I had a good option on the bench. I, I agree with you. I just play the safe option. Joy, joy Thanksgiving watching your fantasy quarterback go out there. Um, yeah, uh, let's go to Derrick Henry. 
I mean, there's really not much we can say about Derrick Henry. I feel like I always have to preface that. But mm-hmm. another just monster game against Green Bay. We touched on it as this is the Thursday night game. Chris Olave, just start up your Rams against – start up your players against Jaylen Rams. Ramsey. Just torched them. Here's one thing that I know with Jalen. Um, if you have a top – there's a top-end wideout that's just a burner speed-wise – Line him up against Ramsey. Ramsey does. I feel like he, the way that he plays, the way that this Rams defense is, it's very soft coverage. They kind of allow all the underneath. And Jalen Ramsey's he's an amazing tackler. The 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 guys in front of you, he's gonna tackle you. He's gonna lay the big hit. Mm-hmm. But speed guys like Alave that can just bring him over the top. He kind of plays off a little bit, kind of baits the quarterback into throwing into his direction, and then he kind of makes up with it. But Chris Alave just has a speed. Um, we saw the uh, first game of the year against the Bills with Diggs just burning by him. Um, Chris Olave is just the perfect matchup against Jalen Ramsey. And really just you want to start all your weapons against the Rams this year. And so those are the three. And then just that Ravens game. Anytime you have a defense that's only given up three points in a game. Um, anytime you have a defense going against Baker Mayfield, you just mm-hmm. want to start it, rev it up. You're going to get some, uh, some interceptions. You're going to get some... I believe was there a touchdown in that game? I know Marcus Peters had a strip sack or a strip uh, I th- fumble. I thought Lamar rushed one in. I think that's how he got the majority of his points. Mm. Yes. I, yep. He got a rushing touchdown. It was like a okay. one yard rushing touchdown. Yeah, but still I know I saw a fumble recovery in that game. Stupid Marcus Peters. I hate that guy. <laughs> but uh yeah, I just I, matchups. For me, it looks like those matchups of this week. And then on the inverse, kind of his down weeks, A.J. Brown against Indianapolis. Just a slow, grinded-out game. Deonta Foreman, I touched on it in this mm-hmm. matchup when we uh, when we were diving in. I It's pretty much matchup-dependent with Deonta Foreman. Um, great running back, but against good teams, he just hasn't produced this year. I don't think you can confidently run him out. This week, he was kind of in a pinch. There's not much he can really do. Um and he had a big week last week against Atlanta, so I don't I don't blame him for trying it out, seeing if he can um, catch something here. But what a dud um, and kind of under underwhelming from Deontay Foreman, Ceedee Lamb, Greg Dulich, just mediocre kind of mid games. But all in all, those three ga- those three individual players plus that defense really just propelled Phillips over kind of an easy win against just a bad and sad team. <laughs> I like that bad and sad. Yeah, this was just a really good fantasy lineup against a really bad fantasy lineup. I mean, it yep. doesn't even matter what the matchups were for either team. Um, you had guys like AJ Brown, CD, um, just getting seven points essentially. But like you touched on it, and the first thing you said about Phillips' team is that he had four players basically get 20 points. Um, and that's going to win you most weeks. So. Yeah, uh, big win for Kenneth White. Or did it used to be Kenneth White Walker, or was it always Ken White Walker? It was Ken White Walker. I hate this name. I hope he doesn't win just because of his name. I I like it. Um, I'll take. Uh, you were a Game of Thrones fan too, so I'm not sure why you're not a fan of it. It's just but, a tongue twister name. I don't like it. <laughs> well, you can't even pronounce Sam's last name correct, so it doesn't really Mercier. matter. There, there you go. Uh, Kenneth White Walker takes the win. Uh, third place gets a little closer to that top spot against Team Mercier, where we both have said it. We can think that she's going to just stay down in the dumps at number ten. Rum Runners Ronnie B takes the win against the Ghost of Forte. Rum Runners six and five, fourth place. Ghost of Forte seventh place. We just said it before we started recording this that I I don't want to play against Phil's team. I mm-hmm. believe I got lucky. Early in the year, playing against him, got the win. I do not want to play against this team in the playoffs. I am glad that he lost this week. Mm-hmm. I am looking at his next three weeks, and I'm hoping to find some L's in there for him. But he's in seventh place, just looking outside. And the big, the big duds this week: Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley. These are, I mean, we we've talked about it uh, at length about that Minnesota game. So seven point two. Considering what Kirk Cousins had, Justin Jefferson had, it's not that bad. Saquon Barkley against Detroit, just a bad game overall, but he put up a 111 with mm-hmm. those guys uh, kind of having just duds of a week. Now, to be granted, uh, Brett Maher 
just went stupid crazy. Yeah, he um, he had a Justin Tucker type game, but I'm like those are two top guys. They're they're not going to have both of them one week be that low again. Like this is just like that one random week throughout the year where it's just like oh I just had two of my best guys that have been so consistent all year just had down weeks. I want to stay as far as I possibly can away from Phil's team um, because just looking at Stefan Diggs, T Higgins and how well T Higgins has been uh, since um, why am I blanking on chase has been out. Mm-hmm. He's been, he's been excellent. Roger Stevenson has taken a little bit of a hit. I mean, it's 10, three game. There was not a lot of touchdowns scored in that game, but even Ramondre Stevenson um, taking a little bit of a hit now that Damian Harris is back. He's, on a on a game where they can maybe get some semblance of an offense going, Ronjay Stevenson is going to have a way bigger of an output uh, than he did this past week. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't I don't know how to shake it with uh, Schultz um, only having three point seven in a in a blowout game because he's usually Dak's favorite weapon. But we saw just how efficient the running game was and how quickly they got out to a lead and they just held it the whole way. But Dalton Schultz. Considering the tight end landscape, he's still easy, easy uh, number one option um, that a lot of teams wish to have. But it's kind of a cl- complete team, and even with Marcus Mariota running out there, uh, he got a seventeen points that he needed, that he had projections. And this is you need to win every single week. It's it's obvious, but if I'm Phil. If I had to lose, this is kind of a good loss because the guys that didn't perform, you can expect it next week. And the guys that uh, have continued to uh, perform are still performing. Yeah, I I see what you're saying when it comes to like if there's a week that's a, you know, a good week to have a, a good loss. Um, it just is based off of the the only reason why you lost was because of your, you know, your solid players that have – you know, pushed you into wins, have, you know, carried you into wins, all that stuff. But in looking at his next opponents, this was a week where I feel like, and I will say Nick had a really good week, um, and he had some players that normally, you know, don't do too great, have very good weeks. Um, but Phil's next opponents, next week we have a Phil versus Phillips matchup, which is tough. Then you have a Trey matchup, which Trey has been good lately, which is tough. Then you have a Steph matchup. So he's got Phillips, Trey, and Steph. And sure, they're all around the same exact record, just like basically everybody else in this league. But those are three really hard teams that have been playing pretty good recently. Um, I know we just touched on uh, Phillips' team not doing great, but we all know how many points those running backs can can have in any specific week. Um, so I don't know. For me... This is a tough week for Phil to lose, and there's nothing that he could have really done. Um, and it just – if you were to tell me Saquon got gets less than five points against a Detroit Lions defense, I would have called you crazy, right? So, yeah, this is tough for Phil. I, I, Ramondre Stevenson, we talked – or you talked about, you know, how Damian Harris – Ramondre Stevenson, I think, out-carried him by seven or eight carries, just did not do anything on the ground, but he did catch six passes – and I feel like whenever I watched that game, he was getting the ball in his hands. So I wouldn't yeah. be too worried about that. Um, I think, like we uh, talked about, Mac Jones is just a terrible quarterback. So they're just going to be running the ball a lot for the rest of the season. The Jets do have a good front seven. So I think you can contribute that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, tough, tough week for Phil. Uh, but this is this is going to be such this this is my team to watch for when it comes to every single week, because I feel like you're right. I would not want to play Phil either in the playoffs, but I also feel like these next three weeks are just going to be so hard for him to make the playoffs um, that he has to go two and one in order to make it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Nick's team, Aaron Rodgers scratching it up to that 20 point, the 20 point outing that we've kind of just been mocking him all year that mm-hmm. he hasn't been able to get to, but before we go over the Packers, aka his whole team, we it's Amari Cooper, and I think mm-hmm. you called it. Uh, I think we were both very high on Phil this week uh, in terms of beating Nick, but I believe that you said for Nick to have any chance in this matchup, Amari Cooper kind of needed to show out. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. did he show out? Yeah, he did. I think those were majority of these points. I feel like were in the first quarter or first half. Like he scored he back two, to back yeah. touchdowns um, yep. and kept that game kind of close until Buffalo basically just kind of dominated the rest of the way. Especially they they played a lot better defensively. They got they had a last second or uh, Cleveland had a last second um, touchdown that kind of inflated that score a little bit. But this was basically Buffalo all second half. Um, yeah, the three players that really stand out to me are Cooper, Ayuk, and Watson. Uh, those three wide receivers, if you were to tell me that they combined for over 60 points in this up in this week or just in general in fantasy, um, I wouldn't have believed that. So huge week by those three. Um, and this is a week that he didn't even have Tyreek Hill, and he still put up 122. So I, for me, I, I really do believe in kind of – I, I genuinely believe in like curses and kind of uh, stuff like that. Nick has always beaten Phil. I feel like in anything, in anything, whether it's ping pong, whether it is fantasy football, I feel like Nick just has Phil in the palm of his hand every single time they play something, and Phil can never win. I feel like this is some sort of universal universe thing where it doesn't matter who Nick was starting this week and who Phil was starting this week. Nick always beats Phil. I, I don't I cannot confirm or deny that. I guess it's just a gut feeling. Um we're we're gonna be talking about our matchup next. And I guess in a sense I feel the same thing. I feel like I always struggle <laughs> against you. Yeah. No matter what. I have I feel like I have always you've always had very good fantasy teams in general, but I feel like whenever we play, there's just something about it. Well, let's save that talk. Uh what I love about Nick's team and the greatest feeling you can ever feel is you go through all your starting players and you just see double digits mm-hmm. next to it. It's clean. Um, Bengals minus one. That was just a weird wonky game. Obviously 37-30 against Pittsburgh. But it, I think I think if there's anything you glean from that is even though Pittsburgh has kind of just been a shell with uh, Kenny Pickett and that whole offense, Najee Harris, um, do not pick up the defense uh, if you're going against Pittsburgh. Like if you're the bang, if you you don't want any part of the Pittsburgh Bengals games, you don't want any part of. I guess like I guess I feel like Ravens Bengal games are always tight and they're always low scoring. Mm-hmm. But just that division, do not play defense uh, against rivals in that division. I, I don't understand. There's no reason to even have the Bengals defense. To be honest, they they don't really do much. They don't really sack the quarterback that often. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're not a good defense. So I traded Nick's the Denver Bronco defense, who actually did not play that well against the Raiders, too. Um, so I think it's time for Nick to kind of go defense shopping and play matchups, other than he's kept these two defenses on his team um, for the last month plus. So I would definitely try to find um, – I mean, I will say Denver has a really good matchup against Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers next week. Uh, so perhaps he plays them instead, but there's no reason to to play either one of these defenses right now. And wrapping it up with Nick's team, just daily reminder: Taysom Hill shouldn't be in your lineup at all. And having and, two kickers, so it must have been a rough. I, you know, now that I'm thinking about this, must have been a really rough Saturday night for Nick. Why is that? Uh, just because of what looking at his team, it's like it's like one of those things where like maybe he just woke up late and like he had these players in Sunday morning, no matter what. But instead of like dropping a kicker and picking someone up or playing a different defense, it was like oh, I woke up at 10 10 10 uh, and kind of just you know let things ride out. Hmm. Well, regardless, he last just rolled thing, right at last thing I go. want to touch on. So as you were talking, I went to go dive into some numbers, and this is why I like doing this podcast because I like diving into numbers. Phil's lowest scoring output this week was week two. Nick's highest scoring output output this week or this year this year was week two guess who they played each other i actually i don't know why i just i just told the answer they played each other week two 144 to 77 i'm telling you there is something out there that no matter what phil will always lose to nick well phil right now is outside looking in for the playoffs he's in seventh place nick is in fourth place that's going to be a juicy thing, like you like you said with the Ghost of Forte. Will he be able to sneak in? And I mean, potentially there may be a shakeout if Phil hops into sixth place. Uh, no, Phil would need to hop into fifth place uh, for that matchup to occur. But 
some juicy storylines as we head in, head into the final weeks of the uh, North Side Story season. You hear that? Uh, no, I don't hear anything. You, you don't hear that? No, I don't. That's the sound of Graham Gano choking on two extra points. It's the wind. Comments? Keep going. Comment? No, comments. No. Any comments no. on Graham Gano? Just go. Just do the thing. I'll talk about my team when it gets to my team. Oh, I was going to go right into your team and just Graham Gano in general. But uh, LA Bash Bros squeaks out the 3.1 win over the Cat Claws up. Now, Blake is still in first. He is 7 and 4. The only team in our league to have seven wins. Um, he was already, you know, before we started this specific matchup, already crying that he could miss the playoffs, which is just kind of crazy to think about. Uh, my team, five and six, eighth place. Um, not very confident in my squad, but I will say that I guess we'll touch on my team first. I do like that the running backs that I traded for have gone out and performed well. I just need to stop being impatient and let them sit on my starting lineup. Yeah, I don't – I I mean, everything's hindsight. We're looking at the matchup as the games have already been played. Well, you're very high on Jamal Williams. I was pretty high on DeAndre Swift. I feel like they – I felt like coming into this week against the Giants, it's like wasn't that tough of a matchup. I think the spread was close. I thought it was going to be a close game. I thought DeAndre Swift was going to be – take back the reins of that backfield uh but i'm wrong uh, totally wrong um isaiah uh, pacheco you sold me on the idea of his involvement um, i mean he was a he had 107 was, rushing yards i know yeah, yeah. I, and that kind of harks back to the idea that you mentioned weeks and weeks ago about derrick henry and how we should be giving bonuses to players with over 100 yards mm-hmm. uh another example of that i I don't think you did anything wrong here. I don't think that. Oh, I definitely um, did a, a flex play that was just a hail mary. But yeah, that's. I don't it, think well, the running backs. My running back play. I am fine with Swift and Pacheco. I have no issues with that. Yeah, it's tell the, the people your bench. Oh yeah, so my bench. It was my flex play was essentially between a lot of players. It was between Najee, Zeke, Darius Slayton, and Jacoby Myers. I had no idea who else I was going to play. I left the flex spot open. Steph even texted me at 9.45 in the morning. Hey, did you know your flex spot is open? Oh, my God. Steph, I'm a a 15-year fantasy football player. I wake up at 8 o'clock every Sunday morning. I look at my lineup. I make some coffee. Yeah, I go into the lab. Of course I knew my flex spot was open. I just had no idea who the fuck I was going to play that morning. So I wanted to wait because what the reasoning why I had that open was because I wanted to see how your players did. You had like 70% of your lineup play at 10 o'clock. And I wanted to see if I needed to do any Hail Marys in order to, you know, perhaps get some points. I don't know what I was thinking at 1245. I picked up Kendall Hinton because the Broncos just had everybody out in the wide receiver core except for Cortland Sutton. And Hinton was playing. They said he was going to be the slot guy. And I thought, ooh, maybe some parallels with Tyler Lockett, shorter receiver, shifty guy, very fast. The Raiders' um, secondary sucks. They're bad. The, perhaps this is the game that Russ can at least get a little bit more going. They had to buy, you know, all those things going in. And in the first quarter, he caught one. I will say that was 100% a touchdown. I don't know if you saw it. 100% a touchdown, very like contorted his body into the end zone. They called it a touchdown and they called it back. I completely disagree, and so does everybody on Twitter. Anyway, I did not get a lot from Kendall Hinton. I ended up going to the Chargers game and I looked at my phone. Najee went off, Zeke Elliott went off, and I was just like, why did I make this play? Um, I traded for those guys and I, it's, it's just hard to have trust and guys that have struggled the majority of the year. But looking back on it, those guys still, I'm not Najee perhaps, but Zeke gets touchdowns. He gets one-yard touchdowns. He is the one-yard guy no matter what. So, yeah, I am very, very glad that my decisions did not come back to bite me in the ass because I really thought they were going to. Um, DeAndre Hopkins needed to make hit his projections, which luckily he did. But that was starting to get a little dicey because they were starting to get down by so much where I was like, he's going to sit some of this part. And then luckily in the third quarter, 
had a couple catches that pushed me over the top. But um, yeah, I have now I am Steph's team is some a team that I look at as having a lot of options that are good. I look at my team and I have a lot of options that are like average. And so I need to now try to figure out how I can upgrade those spots, but we shall see. I my only thing was you saw Najee kind of like uh, like wake up had like ninety mm-hmm. something yards last week. I thought for sure Najee Harris would have just been an, an obvious flex spot. I think, yeah, I think I think you try to get cute with Hinton, and oh, I for think sure. that's and exactly if the, what it the was. Touchdown hits the touchdown hits. It would, it would have been the greatest decision you made. Uh, it's but that's how it goes in fantasy football. It's touchdown or bust, and especially with guys in that decision that you went with. Um, where touchdowns are a premium yeah. for Denver, uh, you almost had a stroke of genius putting him in and and having that that call get called back. Yeah, I overthought it way too much. And like I said, my idea was, <clears throat> excuse me, if your team is beating me by a good amount, if you're projected to beat me by 15, 20 points, then I'm going to try for a home run hitter like Kendall Hinton. At that time, though, I don't know. That's why I said I don't know what I was thinking because we were projected – to like basically be even. And so what yeah. I needed was consistency. I don't know know why I put Kendall Hinton in the game because he's not consistent. Someone like Najee or Zeke is going to consistently probably hit their projections because they get the ball 15, 20 times a game. So yeah. that was completely an error on me, and I'm, I'm glad that somehow, some way, I, I pulled it off, and we can thank one guy. Graham Gunnell. Dud of the week. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I okay before like I we we start there. Let's just start there. I don't I I don't blame I don't I don't blame me picking him up. No. I had a I had a who did I had? I had Robbie Gold. And no, didn't, I thought you had uh, Nick Folk. Um, I, feel like you I had, had Nick a kicker Folk one one I've had weeks. him at one week. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I had Robbie Gold. Um and I just thought I was looking at it, and I'm like, "Ah, uh, Giants against Detroit. It's a mm-hmm. good matchup. Mm-hmm. Should work out." Um, and I just thought it's a kicker. I'll be fine. Whatever. I'm just cute. Just bored. I wanted to make a transaction, but who would have thought that transaction would just absolutely come back to bite me in the ass? And I remember watching the game. Um, I watched the first touchdown, and then to go to the extra point, and then. I heard the announcer say, look at those flags. And I just thought to myself, oh, fuck. <laughs> that thing and went sailing to the right. like Not even close. Absolute, and it was crazy because it right when he kicked it, it, it was right on. And then as the ball was in the air, it was literally like someone like kind of like one of those digital touch monitors. And you like swipe like your iPhone. And you like touched the ball and just swiped it to the left, and it just flew to like outside of where like the fans were. It was crazy. It was, and then after that, I just remember thinking to myself, "Was God? I hope the Giants get shut out from this point on." I didn't want them near the end zone. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to attempt anything. But sure enough, two attempts, two misses, minus six points. I don't think Jake went over the score. It was 109 to 106. Mm-hmm. I lost by three points. And if he makes one of uh, those, you win. Just one. He makes just uh yeah, no, because, I would have lost. No, because you that's minus three plus the one point that you would have got an extra point, so that's four points. Oh, put that knife in your just a little bit, twist it a little bit more. Daniel Jones had 24 points. He had a good outing. <laughs> Um, a couple turnovers though, a, for D- Danny Dimes. Yeah, uh, same thing. I mean, I can I can go through my lineup and just nickel and dime for uh, sure. Yeah, uh, Daniel Dimes had two turnovers that cost me, uh, but still he had twenty four points. I'm not upset about that, especially not knowing the final result of everything. And um, and two, I went into our matchup with the whole Graham Cano, and I still had a chance. I mean, going into Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Football with DeAndre Hopkins. Allie needed him, needed him to score. I think less than ten less, and a half less points. Than ten, yeah, yeah. Um, he had thirteen. So I mean, it is what it is. But Nick Chubb, disappointing game. 
I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't fall into his touchdown, but still 8.2. It's better than what I had with Najee when he was on my team, but still disappointing. Devontae Adams has just absolutely carried my team yeah, these I past was, couple uh, weeks. I was watching. I ended up getting a SoFi with like five minutes left in that game. Um, so I watched Devontae basically torch the Broncos defense. And I, I remember earlier on in the year I was talking up Pat Sertain, and I was like, yeah, and I felt confident going into this. This matchup, like even Devontae Smith, six six catches, 80 yards, maybe a touchdown, that's fine. And then he had that in the first half, and I was just like, oh, my God. Like this guy's just like torching me right now. I was watching that end of the game, um, and I was with my buddy who he has Devontae Adams in the league that I'm in with him and also another league where he you know, basically needed Devontae Adams to go off. And I was just telling him over and over again, like, do not update it and tell me Devontae Adams scores a touchdown. Do not. And then I just hear this shriek as we're walking to our seats, like, yeah, fuck yeah. And I'm like, you, I was like, don't tell me Devontae. He's like, 35 yard overtime Devontae Adams catch. And I was just like, oh no, knowing that you had him and that we were somewhat close um, before that. And then once that happened, I was just like, oh, I need a big Justin Herbert game tonight. Um, and Justin Herbert played well, uh, but yeah, that was uh, Devontae Adams is awesome, and it it's crazy that that team is three and eight, three and seven. Um, but Devontae Adams is legitimately, uh, in my eyes, the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah, uh, last three weeks for Devontae Adams: one forty-six, two touchdowns; one twenty-six, one touchdown; one forty-one, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even targets too, 17, 14, 13. I feel like maybe these last three weeks are indicative to um, just Derek Carr as a quarterback in general. A um, lot of injuries on that Raiders team. Hunter Renfro has been out. Uh, Waller, who's been kind of Derek Carr's like safety blanket, mm-hmm. his, um, his tenure with the Raiders has just been out and hurt and banged up and they relied on the running game early in, uh, early in the year with Josh Jacobs. He's been super effective. I I don't I I can't really think um, I can't really think of a time where or another wide receiver that Derek Carr just absolutely hyper focused on. I feel like he's always um, as a quarterback spread the ball around and. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I do feel like last year, though, and it's nothing with touchdowns, but I remember last year Hunter Renfro got a lot of catches. Yeah. Like he was someone that I feel like he only focused in on Hunter Renfro, and that's only because he was like legitimately the only weapon that they had last year. Because I think Darren Waller, yeah. again, was hurt most of the year. They rarely used him last year. And the routes that he ran, yes, Renfro, yeah. was very indicative of what Derek Carr – I mean, we remember during the Gruden era, like how – there would be a press conference where Gruden was just ripping, kind of ripping Derek Carr, saying, like, dude, you got to be aggressive. you got to throw the deep ball. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, So it makes sense with Renfro and how involved he was, and even Derek, uh, Darren Waller kind of the middle. But I think I, th- I think when Devontae came here, and we saw it the first week, I believe it was the first week where he was heavily involved against the Chargers, and then kind of taking a step back, um, pretty much two weeks after that where he wasn't really involved. But I think it's taken Derek Carr some time to really just trust Devontae Adams about just getting him the ball, um, having him work against his corner, even if it's uh, double coverage or whatever. I think we're starting to truly see now what Aaron Rodgers relied on for so many years of having a weapon like Devontae Adams on the Mm -hmm. side. And just you throw him the ball, you give him 15 targets, you just let him go to work. He's gonna he's gonna pop one off. He's gonna be open um, instead of just checking down to a Hunter Renfro or, or Mac Hollins early. Let the play develop a little bit longer. Let Devontae Adams because even on those touchdown that last one, I was like, how was he open that long? Like, and, and yeah. it, some of these touchdowns, or it's like, how is he out there? Well, the thing is, is that Devontae, you can't stop him. Um, when you give him too much time on the outside to let him work against corners. You just got to let the play develop a little bit more instead of kind of shutting down the play, move your legs a little bit, rely on your your pass blockers, and because um, Devontae Adams is going to get open, he's going to rip one. But he, the last three weeks, has just been my guardian angel, keeping me mm-hmm. close. Yeah, I mean, I I just contri- I think it, I, tri- I attributed it to 
Derek Carr just being aggressive and like just throw the ball to him. Like it doesn't matter. He's the best wide receiver in the league. Throw the ball up to him. Let him, like you said, just get open. Um, they have given him more time in the pocket, which has allowed him to kind of step up into those big throws. But I mean, he has the last three weeks, he's averaged essentially 14, 15 targets a, a week, which is absolutely insane. Um, so just throw the ball to him. Like just give him the ball and in the results will play out. He has 10 touchdowns this year, which I feel like should lead the NFL for wide receiver touchdowns. Um, I'm not entirely sure who's in first. I'm, I would assume that he would be in first, but yeah, he's been someone that's been awesome and he has pretty good matchups the rest of the way. Um, I know on here, it says that I think Seattle has a, uh, a, a good, pass defense but that's a team that i feel like you know you could probably still throw on the chargers we saw what happened in the first game of the season um and i i can see that being you know still happening so yeah Devonte is someone i feel like you won't have to worry about uh the rest of the season and then my last note i want to touch on with my team i i think my biggest disappointment is just brian robinson uh oddly enough this week was his best uh game in terms of efficiency in terms of on the ground he averaged 3.8 carries yards per carry but 15 15 carries 57 yards against just a defense that both of us were um excited for the commanders off commanders running game to take advantage of uh antonio gibson still was involved but brian robinson 15 carries you would think uh maybe one would have flowed in for a touchdown kind of salvage that day but uh more efficient on the ground, three point eight, as I said, but just disappointing. Just all, all in all, a very, very disappointing loss because I thought, I thought I had you. I thought I had you, and yeah, you, and I'm you, still. Go ahead. You even did the thing on Sunday that uh, we all try to do. Let me go back into this text chain. Yeah, uh, I hate really that. Quick. Text. I was just going to bring that up. Um, one thing that some people might know. Um, and this goes back from Phil um, being just the ultimate sewer in any bet that either I have oh, or yeah. that Blake has. Um, but when someone texts you, um, congrats, or you know it's already over, and it's um, let's the look one at o'clock what time. window. Yeah, Blake ten sent me a um, text at two fifty. I was really excited that DeAndre Switch finally got in the end zone after. Jamal Williams having three one-yard touchdowns. Um, and I just was excited with Swift. And Blake says, good game. I was upset. He says, fuck, man. And I said, get out of here because I know what's coming. And then he said, Jake, it's over. And so when I saw that, I was just like, here comes the reverse jinx. I know what he's trying to do. This this is, happens all the time. Um, just bad sportsmanship out of you. And then, oh. then you did say, actually, let me have Phil text it over to you. So right when you did that, the Patriots had a touchdown um, returned from a punt. So you can thank yourself for trying to reverse jinx me. Honestly, it was not even in my mind. It was just pain. I hate losing. I absolutely hate losing. And I hate losing to you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I have one last stat here. Um, and the one that you don't like me bringing up, but... When someone scores over a hundred points against you, this um, is the one that get, boils me. Absolutely boils me. I mean, we can just dive into it if you want to, but I don't want to dive you, into you it. You have won seven games this year. Six of your seven wins have been against teams that don't score a hundred points. Good luck in the playoffs, buddy. L.A. Bash Bros. I five just have and to six get and there. Eighth, I'm probably not going to even get there, but yeah, good eighth luck. Eighth place. The cat hashtag claws up. Is now seven and four in first place. Oh, and two against me.